This is the Not Ugly Pod. Look, I'm not a rapper, but you get the vibe. Hello, and welcome to the Not Ugly Pod. I am your host, Sarita Fontanesi, pronouns she, her. And today I'm joined by such a lovely human, an old friend, the great Kate Goss. Hello. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I've been thinking about like, we've known each other for a long time. I'm like- I know how long it's been since I was in college. I know. It's <laughs> kind of weird. It is it is very weird to think about. Like some days I feel like I just got out of college. <laughs> I still feel 17, you know? Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. In a different way. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I'm a more evolved 17 year old with like the skills and tools. I'm I cool. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, happy to be here. Would you like to share anything about yourself with the folks? Sure. Uh, my name is Kate Goss, pronouns they, she, and I'm a neurodivergent, non-binary nature nerd. I love all things nature. I'm really into talking about education systems and learning. It's like my life's work. I'm currently a director teacher of a cooperative preschool in Los Angeles, which is like, it just feels like I finally am like, this is my life's calling. This is what I've been searching for, which feels really amazing. I have a really awesome little learning community that I'm excited to continue to grow. I'm a rat parent proud parent of three baby rats and that gets different expressions from different people when I tell them that they're like oh cool I was a rat kid too or they're like oh so that's always fun to like gauge people I Um, love that you have like a built-in icebreaker yeah. (laughs) yeah my neighbor came up to me the other day and they're this really sweet older woman who comes and like gets like herbs from our back area because all the tenants share stuff and I was sitting out with the three rats in my like little pocket in the garden and she was like what what is that and I'm like they're rats and she's like "Uh, okay Uh, you know and then she kind of she goes off on fun tangents but yeah it's a little litmus test like how quickly are we going to get along (laughs) sometimes I gotta ease you into it and then I make you a rat convert but sometimes it instantly clicks and we're like rat people (laughs) I love that so much. It reminds me of an episode of Hey Arnold. Mm. There's the guy who lives in this. I'm pretty sure it's Hey Arnold who lives in the sewer with the rats. Yeah. And yeah. it's because like, that's where he wants to be. Like everyone's like so scared. And so yeah. like, oh, he must be like a total weird, creepy dude. But he's like, no, these are just my rat friends. Yeah, and they're <laughs> so smart and really silly. And like their little personalities are bonkers. And yeah one of them actually turned out to be pregnant after we rescued them and had 11 babies whoa which was really it was beautiful because I was like this is like a cool thing to witness but by week three they were like little fluffy meatballs like with full of energy and I'd wake up in the morning and all 11 of them were just like at the cage like we're here can we play like gremlins and we sent them to an adoption place, a rescue, um, and kept one of the babies and uh, they're doing great now. But yeah, it's a uh, rat parenting. The parents at the preschool <laughs> be like, oh, I'm so tired because of this. And I'm like, yeah, I feel you, mom's like, I got <laughs> babies. And they're like, all right, teacher Kate, calm down. <laughs> That's so <laughs> fun for like your kids, I imagine, like yeah. getting to have this teacher who's like down to like play and down to like help rescue baby rats. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, they're like, a lot of them are like, Teacher Kate, can I come over and like see your rats or will you bring them to school? And several of the moms were like, I had rats growing up. I want to like, I would adopt one, but my husband is like, no. And I'm like, gotta call my partner over to convince all the rat hating husbands. <laughs> they're really actually great pets. But I can they- absolutely imagine in a preschool co-op, a few like pro rat parents. Oh, yeah. That feels right. Yeah, at least in our co-op, because I tried to pawn them off at this other like big conference thing I went to. And I went to like slightly fancier, well-resourced, nice co-ops. And there were a bunch of parents like volunteering there. I was like, do you all want some like rat class pets? And they're like, um, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Rat peddler. (laughs) Pretty much. For like those three weeks, I really tried to get them homes. But thankfully, there's awesome rat rescues that can be the middle person for that. So, yeah. That's so Great. And now I'm super excited to know what your answer is. We asked everyone coming on the show, we, I, (laughs) me and all of my versions of myself, ask if you had a dumb amount of money, what beauty product or treatment are you getting? Okay. So every time I listen to the season one episodes, I would try and answer this question for myself. And it would always be different because I'm like, that person gives such a great answer. (laughs) Think about that. And like, oh, they would blow my mind every time. So shout out to all the previous guests because they were amazing. Um, And although I would like to say, well, I can add this in there because I have a dumb amount of money. So on the rest, maybe we'd get them a bunch of little like matching rat outfits with me and them because that could be fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yes. But real answer uh i've decided is just covering myself in beautiful tattoos by Mm. tattoo artists because that their art and it costs a lot of money because it's beautiful yes 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 forever so that makes sense and yeah so that and just like access to this isn't like body treatment this is more just like i want to fill my surroundings with beauty and flowers around me at all times kind of mm. I don't know if I could just have like that midsummer like cape yes. at all times maybe yes <laughs> absolutely yes <laughs> like we've got a dumb amount of money to yeah. do whatever we yeah. want with just like all over me that would be really fun and honestly like facials just because I love getting my face massaged and delicious smelling things across my face so those are probably my big four rat matchy outfits tattoos <laughs> and facials yeah I love that so much you know there's the personal there's the communal there's a little bit of everything and you know I'm just picturing you in that like floral cape getting a facial with like <laughs> all the tinctures made from wildflowers and the rats yeah. just also have like little facial like cucumbers on their eyes or something <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. In your matching outfits. Yeah. yeah. Matching robes or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, my gosh, that sounds... Yes, that's perfect. I love it. I, I am probably unsuccessfully trying to like leash train the rats a little bit. And there's like a <laughs> different feels about it. But I'm like, let's just, every, you know, I'm going to put on you slightly every little bit, a little bit longer, see how it goes. But they're not really enjoying it. They don't hate it, but they're just like, what is this? So I can't imagine trying to get them into like a little outfit, but people do it. Not just wrangling them. Yeah. They're just like, squeeze out. No, thank you. (laughs) 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 That's so fun. I'm just picturing you like 
walking down the street with your three little rats on a leash and your matching outfits. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a top hat. I don't know why. I just think that'd be fun. Ooh, yeah. okay. You have like a little resting station inside the top hat, like a little door. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we could get creative. Kate and I used to live together and we had a whole craft closet. So, you know, I feel like we've got the skills between us to yeah. make this little hat. Absolutely. I mean, that's if we ever live together again, we just get nothing done besides crafting. Now that I feel yeah. like we're in our like elements, I'm very proud of us and just where we're yes. at. I'm like, oof, we're like power team right now. Can you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine the things <laughs> we could create and the way not a single thing other than crafts would get done? Yeah. And which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no, <laughs> we'd put on, we could get you know, a whole stage performance and put together with your like costuming and sewing skills and just fashion and oof. We could make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put us together because the world can't handle it right now. I know, I know. This is, you know, and everyone, you're welcome. We're doing you all a favor. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so we've got our beautiful floral cape and our facials and matching outfits and then top hat even. So thinking about all of that, what does beauty mean to you? Beauty at this point in my life. And I feel like for when I look back at like journals and things, I, I draw, I'm, a, I'm an artist for a long time. I didn't claim that title because I was like, no, I'm like a academic kid that gets really good grades. Like I'm not an artist. Like we can be both. We can be many. But my brother, older brother was the artistic one, which he is. But as a child, when I would be drawing and stuff, I was always drawn to flowers. My mom had hydrangeas and beautiful flowers in her garden. And that was like an early special interest was like, I want to know the names of the flowers. I just love drawing them. I love the colors of them. Later on in life, I'm like, I'm going to get these tattooed all over my body because they are beautiful. And so I think for me, beauty is this, it's like, it makes you feel peace it makes you feel good um it doesn't necessarily have to be like what you look like either because you know there's beautiful music but it's like this feeling and I definitely looked up like where does the root of you know the definition of beauty where does it come from before we hopped on here and I just looked at the first one that said beauty it pleasing is pleasing to the senses or something beautiful is pleasing to the senses and I really resonate with that because I think when I think of beautiful things, they like evoke some sort of feeling that's kind of not a good or bad feeling, but like, you know how something can be like grotesquely beautiful, like a Bosch painting, you know, that's yes. weird, but you're also like, yes, beautiful. That makes me think of like those dogs that are like so ugly, they're cute. Like <laughs> where you're just like, they've got like a snaggled tooth and an underbite, maybe like mixed, missing a little patch, you know, they've lived a life and it just makes them so cute. Exactly. That's a nailed it. Going back to rodents, we almost got <laughs> guinea pigs and I went to the store and was like, look at all these guinea pigs. And there was one that was like hanging out really cute, very hairless and just like quirky looking. And I sent it to my best friend and she was like, Kate, that thing is ugly do not get that one it looks like it's like I don't know what she said something funny but I'm like but it's so cute you know like there's something unique about it and I think that would that just unlocks something I think it's that uniqueness too that makes something beautiful like 
I love roses. Roses are great. I love them for many reasons. And I think they're beautiful, but there's other flowers I find more beautiful because they're like, there's a weird uniqueness about them that just feels less common and therefore kind of like rare and special in that way. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting on to it. So beautiful. What is beauty? Flowers. That's beauty to me. (laughs) But I also think like certain touches, like my mind just instantly went to sensory things. And I, I think a lot of that relates to working with the little ones and like understanding their sensory sensitivities and how that's helped me understand my sensory sensitivities. And like, oh, these clothes don't feel as nice on me as I previously thought. And now it feels icky and not like a beautiful feeling. So like touch is another thing. Like velvet, I think feels beautiful. Silk, silk's fine. It is, it depends on the silk, I guess. Like touching damp moss on a tree stump reminds me of like a deep green velvet and like those kind of Yeah, yeah. And just like thinking about feeling it just feels like this is beautiful. You know what I mean? This is luxury. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier I have a costume background and you know have dealt with a lot of different fabrics mm-hmm. and there is something about like it's not even necessarily luxurious because like there are sometimes just like a really like nice quality cotton or linen that just like feels so nice and to your point evokes this sense of like either comfort or luxury or whatever it may like inspire that that like I think it's beautiful that like touching something can Mm -hmm. evoke such big feeling just as much as visually seeing something and like when I taught children's theater there was this little boy who was on the spectrum And whenever he would meet new people, he would rub their arm as like, that was his like introduction. And I always thought it was so sweet. Like, I mean, what, like, you know, they were like five. So like, it was like a sweet gesture, but also like, there was just something I felt like really special of like, oh, the way that like he meets someone and like, you know, we say, hi, my name is this. And like, like that for him is like, it's a sensory feeling and getting to like, you know, like part of his like work, I guess, was like practicing how to ask folks before doing it and like whatever, like figuring out the like way to go about it that would be pleasing for both people. But I still just thought it was really special that it was like, oh, like he needs to like feel your energy in order to like meet you instead of like just saying it or feeling it or uh, seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel that way, you know, when you give somebody a hug or a handshake or a high five, like I can feel like if they're tensing their body, I'm like, we are, you don't really like this, you know, or you're a little bit stressed or like there, I have some friends that will just like bear hug you. And it's like, oh, this warmest, you know, very yes, my, feel. I hope that everyone has like a person who gives really good hugs in their life, yeah. you know, yeah. like that is like such a special thing to have. Like when a person gives really good hugs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, Ooh, I need a, this person hug right now because they give those types of hugs that evoke some sort of feeling. Um, yeah. I love that story you shared. That's just like beautiful and something that this is a slight tangent because it's more about like how we communicate than beauty but as someone who's learning my own 
brain and the way that we communicate and having been told like, you need to tell me how you feel or like, you know, you're not saying it. Like, how am I supposed to understand if you don't say it? I get that. We're all working on saying things. But at the same time, I'm like, no, you need to learn how to read body language. And we're not really taught how to learn body language. And we're in fact to like mask or deny, you know, my body looks uncomfortable, but I'm supposed to say I'm fine. So when you can read that in each other and be like, you're not fine, I can see your body. And so it's like body literacy. Well, and even beyond that, like there's so many different ways that we communicate besides the words that come out of our mouth. And yes, absolutely. Like let's all, I include myself in this work Mm -hmm. on figuring out how to say the words to communicate the things that we need to say. Mm -hmm. And also we all would benefit from that like emotional intelligence and reading the room and feel and noticing people's body language. And also as someone who's neurodivergent, like we pick up so many subtle cues because our brains are on like (laughs) overdrive. Like my psychiatrist explained ADHD to me. He was like, people think of it as like, you're not able to focus, right? It's attention deficit. Like you're distracted everything when actually it's that you're taking in so much information, but there aren't, he said, he was like, there aren't enough receptionists at the front desk to field Mm -hmm. all the calls. Mm -hmm. So it's like the phone that's ringing the loudest is going to be the one that grabs your attention without support, like whether it's medication, therapy, skills, like whatever. And like, that was like a really helpful analogy because, you know, the like stereotype is like, oh, squirrel. It's like, homie, I've already, I noticed that squirrel 20 fucking minutes ago and it just got interesting. Like that wasn't actually what I was experiencing or happening. But like, yeah, this idea of just like, oh, I see what's right in front of me and I'm seeing what's around me and I'm seeing what's off in a distance and I'm hearing these things and I'm feeling like you were saying, like the clothes on my body and my hair tie feels weird. And I can feel like that one strand of hair that's being pulled too tight. And like, you know, like my feet are right. <laughs> it's like, you know, I am, I am experiencing the world on this like incredibly heightened level. And there can be beauty in that, right. Of like, you know, our like pattern recognition and, and like those sensory pieces, the way that like, we're able to just like, you walk into a space and immediately feel like what's the vibe, what's the moment. And there are absolute challenges with that. Right. Of like, (laughs) but I wanted to like do my dishes. I wanted to like do this, like whatever I like, here's what I wanted to do. And here's what's getting my attention. So, you know, everything is a double-edged sword. And for those of us that are able to, to figure out ways to, to navigate it. Right. For me, it's medication and therapy for other people. It might look like other things as well as like tools and whatever. But I, again, to your point of there is something really beautiful about unique experiences and about experiencing something in your own unique way. Like going back to children's theater, something that we would always tell the kids, like we'd be giving them instructions, but like, you know, everyone walk around like someone who's really rich, like, you know, like we'd like give them like, yeah, stuff like that. And, you know, everybody would do it in their own way. And then we'd talk about it after of like, you know, did everyone notice that like we were all doing something different, but all following the same instructions. And so like really helping them understand like containers, right? Like there's, there's a container for 
we're all going to walk around with a silly walk, mm-hmm. but we can still be our own unique individuals mm-hmm. and, and make specific and have autonomy and make choices for ourselves, which like as adults, I think we forget a lot. <laughs> I mean, this is also, you just had an ad for like why we should have performing arts in schools everywhere. And like that arts education is essential because it's your creativity and your team building, your social, emotional, all the things. This is my pedestal. I will soapbox. I will, you know, pass the leg on up there. Yeah. You're with me. And absolutely. I totally agree. That's, that's beautiful too. Like how I find beauty and like, here's, here's this thing I introduced to like the littles, like here's some slime, you know, here's some glitter. We're going to make some slime. And they're like, I'm going to dump all the slime on it right now or all the the glitter in the slime every last bit cool <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah okay do it <laughs> it is so flipping beautiful i'm like kid this is amazing look at this looks like a galaxy like that's beautiful and yeah. the kid over here who's like gluing pom-poms on their hand also beautiful and i will say kids painting like at the art easel is some of the most beautiful colors I've seen. And I t- always take pictures. I'm like, kids art is just straight up like experimentation and expression. It's swirling things around. It's going up and down. And the colors, I can't recreate it. And I like do art, you know, I, I paint time up, you know, whatever. I didn't go to art school. I'm a self- You are an artiste. But I am an artiste in my soul. And I'm just blown away. I always, I'm telling the parents like, come over here, look at this broadworthy art piece right here. It's like, they don't overthink it. They're just in the moment and the colors are always beautiful. I can, I can send you some. I'm just like, Ooh, I would never have thought to do this and look how yes. that you made. So yeah, beauty for me really is, is colors is, oh, okay. This just sparked. I'm looking at my like highlighters over here. And speaking of colors, another way to find beauty. If I have an Excel sheet to make, it's gotta be like rainbow and colorful. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful and like color. A color code really speaks to me. Yes. Or if it's just all white and like black text, my brain is like, cannot compute. Let me nope. goodbye. <laughs> making this pretty, you know, and like beautiful because then it's more interesting. I think that's it too. Like beauty is because it's interesting in a certain way. Mm. It's, you know, what you find beautiful is a reflection of your own self because we're all different and find different things beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, highlighters, for helping me with. <laughs> Well, and, and on that, right. Of how it can be or not can be, it is beauty is this like deeply personal experience. I wonder uh, how has your definition of beauty changed over time? I'm not sure. I feel like I've always been, I think it's expanded. I want to say, I, I definitely feel like I know there were moments in my life when I was in my youthhood and in like eating disorder time where it was like, Part of it was about beauty standards, but part of it was also like neurodivergence, anxiety, depression, control, all the other things too. But I think I've always been just kind of a weird dresser. (laughs) And like, like, you can ask my best friend since we were five. She's like my basic bitch girl. She loves, you know, neutrals and earth tones. And we love that. I love it, Katie. And (laughs) sometimes she's like, when people see us walking down the street together, they're like, what because we're we look different but our personalities we're just we're soul sisters we're soup snakes in a you know in a different (laughs) and I had her as kind of my let's see if I would wear something weird she'd be like that's weird or like my mom would be like you know kind of not compliment it kind of tease but it was (laughs) and it was kind of like are you sure you want to wear that and sometimes 
very much it would be like oh i don't know this is too weird and other times in my life i was like no i like these masculine looking shoes with this dress first of all because high heels suck and they hurt my feet i mean yeah give me you out know? of it. and like i've been wearing like tennis shoes or boots or whatever with dresses every time since because that that was my forever vibe and again like drawn to flowers again like flowers animals nature things has always really represented beauty to me and i think being a kid who didn't see themselves i saw my like whiteness represented in media of course but i didn't see like what my body expression was except mm-hmm. as like you know the sweet character with the nice personality or uh you know the funny i didn't see myself as a beautiful person represented in media because it was a different body type a different aesthetic but now i see myself represented in a lot of ways and i'm just like gender envy all the time for these different people that i'm like oh yeah i love that like i'm gonna try that on and like wear some suits now because that's super sexy and like very beautiful and feels euphoric in my body so i think when it comes to beauty about like my own body in that regard, I've definitely come to a point where I'm more compassionate. I'm just like, I think of my mom because, you know, I'm 34 now. And at this was the age when she had me and already had had a, my brother at the time and working alongside parents at the co-op and then working with their kids, just seeing things we pass on, lessons, wisdom, anxieties, patterns. And so my mom has always been very hard on herself and I have more compassion for that too, just understanding her background and history. So I'm like trying to be more gentle to my mom because I want to be more gentle to myself and be like, oh, it's my body. It's done so many things. My body has done so many things that I should be more exhausted because I overachieved so much. Like I'm tired. Deeply, deeply. I actually was just talking about this earlier. I just started working with a dietitian to like health shit going on and wanted yeah. some more support, whatever. And we were talking this morning and she was like, you know, just checking in, like, how are you? Like, how do you feel? And I was like, I mean, she was like physically. And I was like, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped myself and I was like, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. That is the point of this relationship where I was like, I am deeply aware and very much recognize that my barometer is fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, <laughs> to put it simply, like I have pushed my body to so many extremes past the point of just like tired exhaustion. I, at 25, got a blood transfusion. I had to have major surgery um, in 2021 to have my fibroids removed. Like, you know, like, I have dealt with medical and like physical trauma and also like fucked mental health at times, you know? And so like, I, I was like, I feel fine. And I said, I was like, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything actually. Like, (laughs) because like when I had my blood transfusion, it was because my hemoglobin was at 4.7, which for anyone who doesn't know anything about anemia, like the lowest it should be is like a seven. (laughs) And like typically like cancer patients are usually somewhere around like a five. And it was just my anemia had gotten so bad for a variety of things. And I will never forget the ER doctor was like, how are you upright? Like what, 
do you not feel like shit all the time? Like, that's not what he said, but that was, that was the tone. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm sleepy a lot. I take a nap like pretty much every day. And he was like shortness of breath. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of winded, but like, I just thought it was because like, I don't really work out that much. Like, and it was fully just like, like showing, speaking of compassion, right. Showing compassion for that self. Yeah. I didn't know any better and was still working through a lot. Mm -hmm. And also again, because when that needle for what is acceptable keeps getting pushed. Mm -hmm. And then even when it's hit, like this is unacceptable. And then you start moving that goalpost of what's unacceptable, Mm -hmm. even in, you know, that was back in 2015. So what, eight years later, yes, I'm in a healthier, more stable place now. And like in, in many, many ways. And also that needle still knows how to get still is still aware of what way past that point is Mm -hmm. and so as much as I can be like I think I feel pretty confident that I could get ahead of a health emergency at that extreme right like I go to the doctor more often now like I uh, check in more right like like sure and also because I know what like a 15 is Mm -hmm. I I'm not great at gauging what a seven is and recognizing that a seven is still pretty high. And maybe we want to do something about it. Oh my gosh, this resonates so much. I mean, you, well, we'll just talk about it. Remember that time I hurt my foot rock climbing? You're like, we need to go to the doctor. And you're yes. in the room with me and the doctor's like, does it hurt? And I'm like, well, yeah, but like, it's not that bad. And the doctor's like, no, no does it hurt? I'm like, you know, it can handle the pain. And it's like, that wasn't the question. (laughs) That wasn't the question. I hate patients like you. And I'm like, wow, that was like a moment where I was like, oh, people might emote pain in a different way than I do. And I can withstand a certain amount of physical pain. And I've learned that from my amazing parents who I say amazing, not sarcastically, because they are amazing, but, and they have also, especially my dad has had chronic back pain his entire life and has a lot of we we go hard the goss family (laughs) and i'm learning to rein that in and again you know if you've been at a 15 and that's kind of been your normal or litmus for like really bad yeah it's hard to gauge and i've been listening to um we can do hard things podcast are you feeling Mm. yeah I've been listening to it a lot the past couple of days because a friend recommended one and I listened to one um, where they were talking about anorexia and that really resonated because I was like, when I was diagnosed, it was like a disordered eating, but I wasn't like underweight enough, even though it was, yep, ever, yep. you know, it was yep. like, this is no, not good people. Like, do you, right. <laughs> did you see what I like? Not good. Right, right, right. Fully. It's just like, yeah. that bitch is unwell. <laughs> like, my, the, my family stock, like our body type should not be like the way that I was. And I'm, Same. you know, I've reached that. And like, this, this is just how my body is. And I love, you know, my body yeah. is getting me through life. But now, like I, I set timers to remind myself to eat because I can get in hyper-focus mode or I get that where I'm like, I'm hungry, but like, I have to finish this task. Like, I don't have to do it yet. And it's that yes. like, pushing because I've done it before and I'm like, can stand the like, yes. And I'm really trying to, 
it's practice to be like, no, just eat a bar then. I know in my mind, I'm like, but I have to cook and have a, this thing. Like, no, just eat a bar, eat some nuts, yes. eat some of the delicious cheddar, sour cream chips, that, which is oh amazing. This also, this, it's so funny. Like this also came up with my dietitian today yeah. because I was like, look, I am in no way restricting mm-hmm. and, or even like, cognizant of like, Ooh, like I want this long. Maybe I should go back. Like, like that's not the behavior I'm engaging in. What is happening is, and and I said, I was like, so I was like, I would not describe it as I'm ignoring my hunger cues. It's that I genuinely do not recognize them until my body is like, I will throw you to the ground if you don't stop and eat right now. And it's like, and, and rationally, I know, I know that (laughs) there were there were warnings before this, right? Like the check engine light was coming on or the gas light was like flashing, (laughs) which this is also a game I play in my car. So, you know, it translates. (laughs) Especially with like a a hybrid car, I can go a lot longer. So I'll just like- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I I know that there are cues coming sooner. Mm -hmm. And I also know that I legitimately am just not hearing them. Like I'm just not getting it. The message yeah. not is not coming through. And to your point, it's either like, oh yeah, I'll do it as soon as I do this thing, or I get stuck in like decision fatigue. And I'm like, well, how do I even decide what I want to have? Like, yeah. right. Like there's yeah. so many real and valid yep. things. Yeah. And also like my body just needs to be nourished. Just and <laughs> like, just like, like my body's like, just eat a fucking food. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say uh, <laughs> I went over to my folks house the other day and I was like I need space to sprawl to prep for the school year and my mom's love language is food she loves to cook and share and bake and everything and it was so nice because she made like her own version of a crunch wrap supreme it was delicious way to that go sounds amazing and I was like mom I will be here every week this is my lunch order can you just please <laughs> please mom please Thank you. I'm still sort of I'm still the baby of the family so I'm a grown-up <laughs> My mess is a good thing, you know? (laughs) Exactly. She just, she's just great at what she does. Yeah. That relating back to beauty, (laughs) it's definitely, I think that experience and kind of relearning to love my body for what it can do and what I want it to do. I think for a long time, I like didn't see the future. Like I didn't see myself as an elder. I didn't like know what my life, like I knew what I wanted to do in life, but I didn't see like a not that it's not possible, but I didn't see the like bones of the plan, like the blueprint necessarily. And I think it made me like, oh, you know, live in the moment. Not that I'm hard on my health, but I could be better with my health. And now I'm in this space where I'm like, no, I like see what I want to build and I want to be here as long as I can to see it or like pass it on. So I really want to take care of my body so that I can help take care of my community. And I want to be beautiful in my own way, just like you said, so other people can be beautiful in their own way, just like in performing arts classes, dance it out in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely, not to be a super bummer, but like, I genuinely did not think I was going to make it past 25. Whenever people would be like, what's your five-year plan? What's your team? Like, yeah. First of all, never had one. And second of all, I was like, it just looks like a black void. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. like I, like I see nothing. I can imagine nothing. And again, that is very much a testament to where I was at in my life. And also I remember I had so much, once I turned 25 and life kept going, 
even post blood transfusion and all like there was so much fear because I was like oh I did not plan for this yeah did was not prepared to still be doing life yeah (laughs) and to your point again like continuing to heal and grow and 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 give myself space I'm very great obviously very grateful (laughs) to still be here and Ah. able to see into the future in a way that I don't think I ever was able to Mm -hmm. like even like maybe as a kid and that's only because you have no concept of time but like especially like not in my 20s really at all and I think that that idea right of discovering allowing myself to rediscover not even we but to discover my body and my physical self and who I am on my own and on my own terms was like so important to that and very much shifted you know what I saw as beautiful, not just aesthetically, but, you know, beautiful experiences, beautiful people, like all of these things that again, like I just didn't think were possible. Everything felt so bad and awful for so long. Like, you know, yeah. there's, it's, it's hard to find beauty when you're like, yeah, when you're cold and you're hungry and you're tired, it's hard to find a lot of thing, anything beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But like truly, right. And, you know, people would always be like, oh, like self love, like you have to like find yourself beautiful, like whatever. And I'd be like, okay, that's great for you. (laughs) And now, again, now I have a lot of self love and see a lot of beauty, both physical, emotional, mental, like beauty about myself and Mm -hmm. others. But like, I feel like sometimes we don't set people up for success who are in that healing space by constantly emphasizing the idea of like needing to be able to embrace your own beauty. Like, yeah, that's like a great end goal. And that's where we want to work towards. But when like, I'm just trying to function moment to moment, what I find beautiful is fucking off right now. No, (laughs) (laughs) right. But I mean, yes, (laughs) what's beautiful right now is the fact that I made it through my fucking meal plan and I'm trying really hard not to like punch you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that speaks to like, you know, that idea of like, you're beautiful. It's like, but it's not just about me. If I'm beautiful, but I see like the world seems really shitty because there is so much shit and beauty out there. Then you're like, it doesn't matter if I'm beautiful. Like everything else is shitty. None of it matters. Yeah. (laughs) But that really resonated because I think too, like now that I'm thinking how my definitions changed over time, it's also like, embracing those moments of the beauty and not sticking to the negative which is still as always a work in progress i'm like going to therapy and learning about you know catastrophizing or like the anxieties that we the narratives that we tell ourselves and focusing on those beautiful moments of like oh the smell after it rains in the garden what a smell yeah. that's beautiful i want to keep experiencing this so like how do i treat my body well so that i can be able to do that and the world around me if i'm not like you know, polluting or doing the things that you're right, right, right. against the companies that are doing most of the things. Cause it's not just on an individual basis. Listen, you know how I feel about this. Give yes. me back my plastic fucking straw and <laughs> die on this hill. I'm fine. You know, uh, I, I don't disagree. Paper straws are the worst garbage. I mean, I have my metal straw. I just, I, it's fine. I, I BYO straw. Yes. I'm biossing it all day. Cause okay. fuck those paper straws, which oh, actually, aren't even that good for the environment. 
no, I digress. That's another, that's another podcast for another time. Exactly. Um, but you reminded me, I think I must've been like 23. It was like pretty early in recovery from my eating disorder. I got my absolute favorite tattoo that said, it says cunt and <laughs> reclaiming it, but I got it like the cover up for it was that it says count with like an own sign in the middle. Cause I was like really into, I mean, I'm still into yoga, but I was like, you know, it was like a new thing for me. I was like, you know, it's like counting your breath, not your calories. Like that's just, but what it really for me was like, I was so sick of being obsessed mm. with my appearance mm-hmm. and, and, and eating disorder is so, I want to be very clear. So, so much more than like, I want to be thin or I want to like, look quote beautiful. Like, sure. That is maybe that's an hour up too. Right, exactly. I was like, that's the scam that we're telling you because it's, it's so much more, but I good, bad and different had spent pretty much my entire life, like obsessed with how I looked Mm -hmm. and like how I looked and how the world perceived me and what people would say about how I looked and what, what my appearance would mean or not mean in a situation, right? Like just so much time and energy wrapped up in it. I like distinctly remember being like, I don't want to be beautiful. Like, fuck this. It's too hard. It's too much pressure. I don't want to be a physical vessel anymore. Yeah, I want to be be alive, but I don't want to be a physical form. And so that's when I got my cunt tattoo because I was like, it's a word that I love and makes me laugh. And also I know is something that a vast majority of people find not beautiful. And I was like, great. Then that's for me. Yes. Because fuck this. Yeah. And like in my head, when you were saying that, it was like the people that find that beautiful are the people you want to be around. And the people that Mm -hmm. are like, "Eh," are are not like I feel that way now with you know wearing outfits that look like Gonzo from the Muppets which is part of my aesthetic and I love it and it's mismatchy and I'm like wow my mom made fun of my dad for dressing like this when we were younger with his like brown plaid shorts and like turquoise Hawaiian shirts and like black vans or whatever and now honestly John was my fashion icon so thanks dad turns out (laughs) and then you know with my like hairy pits which like I grew I recently shaved because I had an ingrown hair and I'm like, I feel like such a fraud. <laughs> like, I hear arm- that feeling so well. <laughs> my armpits are so itchy as it grows back out. Like- oh my God, it's the worst. Really? I, I mean, like, <sighs> I think the last time I shaved, I got a rash yeah. like from yeah. the hair like growing back. Yeah. I usually let my pits grow like pretty long until, yeah, like an ingrown hair, I just get bored. Yeah. And I was just like, this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> It had been five years, I think, which I'm like, I respect always, that. Like as a kid, I was like, oh, these femmes with like hairy pits. Like everyone's like, eat gross. I'm like, ooh, I love it. Like I want to be that one day. Babes. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, rocking that and loving. I love playing with the hairy pit hair, which is, you know, <laughs> gross. But people who like to do that to themselves, you, you know, we can relate. Those that get it, get it. Those that get it, get it. <laughs> and like, I love crossing the street and seeing someone with a 
spooky outfit and we both look at each other and we're just like we nice we yeah I mean kind of like that litmus test right of like part of my like healing journey very much has been one understanding that I am not for everyone I'm not meant to be for everyone and two like accepting and embracing that and even like finding pleasure in like yeah bitch I am not and (laughs) I'm watching a lot of Love's Island (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a girl's girl. I'm not like my people people. Yes. So <laughs> yes. some of y'all, we are not for each other and that's okay. <laughs> that's totally fine because honestly, I have a hard time keeping up with the friends I have. I'm not necessarily looking for right, right. <laughs> socialization is I love my people. I love my friends, but I like my alone time too. <laughs> oh my gosh, so much. You know, thinking about like what you were saying, how you know, at one point, like your mom was making fun of like your dad's aesthetic. And now you're like, I think this might be my aesthetic. And like having to like, you know, sort through all of that. What makes you question your beauty? I think for a long time, think actually that question really, the way you phrased it and the like thinking about how I would also make fun of my dad, but I also thought it was cute and just like silly. And he like, didn't give a fuck. He was like, this is just how I dress. And I'm like, I love that for you, dad. Like you have your dad, John outfit and we all poke fun at you, but really you're doing it the right way because you know who you are. And you're like, yes, I wear jean jacket, jean pants. You know, I wear my, my button up, whatever shirt. I wear my old guy's rule shirt, you know, classic John Goss vibe. And I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, the tall socks. I'm like, now that I, I don't shave my legs either, but so I've been wearing tall socks. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have one of those like shin ankle level bald spots like dad does eventually. Yikes. <laughs> At least you're able to prepare for your future. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I know what I'm getting into, but I think, you know, I think this comes from like a family protective mechanism that like the people that sometimes made me question my beauty were really like my family because of like teasing or just like I think early on looking back I'm like I was really just like a queer kid that didn't know or have that language or understanding yet that I was like non-binary and like I like different types of weird aesthetics not that non-binary is a weird aesthetic but like mixing things and like playing with different gendered outfits at the time and like my mom was my my, my mom's big on dress up so like it was pretty playful the teasing I think but to some regard still is like well will I look silly if I wear it should I like wear a more normal outfit that's maybe a little bit more feminine even though I do like feminine things I also like all range of things and you know they they my mom will always be like when are you gonna take that nose ring out like I like the little one but like that one you look like you know a bull or whatever I'm like I don't I, I <laughs> yeah, like it mom. classic classic mom comment you look like a bull <laughs> like, okay quick tangent we went my dad plays music with a little group and a few years ago pre-covid we went to go see him at a show nearby in a little like hole in the wall bar and there's this old dude that was the like bouncer or whatever big gray beard he looked like zz top and he had a bull ring septum piercing and i was like dad look we're matching and they're just like <laughs> i love that so much yeah but i think things like that where i'm also have come to the point where i'm like you know when i get more tattoos i know the first thing my mom she's gotten better about it because she's you know she knows i'm gonna do whatever i want with my body and she started it because <laughs> she let me get a bunch of ear piercings as a kid and she let my brother get a tattoo at 17 so i'm like it's your yeah. fault look i was just born into this okay exactly like you're you were not a regular mom 
you're pretty cool, mom. And <laughs> make fun of me for things, but also we make fun of you. It's like a family dynamic. We're kind of working out and I'm reflecting a lot on. <laughs> but yeah, I think at this point, I'm just like, I get your mindset because you're worried, you know, how will people in my professional realm perceive me? It's less about me being beautiful and more about, I think, them worried about how the world perceives, will perceive me. And now I'm like, well, the people giving me the tattoos are my parents because I have tattoo artists at my school and like tattoo artists have kids and like people with colorful hair have kids and people with yes, kids, they need a place to go and not feel judged for what they look like. And so I found my little community that's all very colorful. So I think that's part of it that's at times made me question my beauty, but then kind of stand more firmly in it because it was my family and be like, no, I'm going to do it now or at a time where I feel more comfortable. And I mean, I think media has at times, definitely when I was younger, just being like, I don't see myself as beautiful. I see myself as funny or I see myself as sporty, but I don't necessarily see myself as beautiful because beauty is like, you know, hyper feminine or looks, you know, hourglass shape or reserved for a very specific. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just like, no, the weirder, the more beautiful, in my opinion, first of all, but like beauty is expansive. It's, it's no longer beautiful if it's all the same in in my opinion. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, something that you said earlier about wanting to support yourself now so that you can grow into an elder later and like be that representation that you didn't see when you were a kid is like, it's something that I specifically think about in the workplace a lot. Mm. One, because professionalism is a scam and a tool of white supremacy and can fuck right on off. But two... I, and I recognize that there is a lot of privilege in what I'm about to say, and that I personally even wasn't in a place to do this for a long time, but like, I don't want to work somewhere or be in a space where I cannot show up as my full self. Like, yes, we all do some type of editing when we are in company, right? Like, <laughs> please come in, put your nice outfits on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put your pants on. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, there's the social norms and contracts that we have all yeah. committed to in some ways. But, like, to your point, right? Of like, if my tattoos and like piercings are the deal breaker for you, I don't need to be here. This is not a safe space, a supportive space, and ultimately not a space that I want to be in. If like I made a summer bucket list that I've been working through, which has been very fun. You know, we're really doing some like inner team healing this summer. I love it. But one of the things that was on it was, you know, I'm going to dye, I wanted to dye my hair an unnatural color. And my hair is locked. So I was like, I'm going to go to a salon and do it. Like there's a difference between, you know, accepting my strengths and weaknesses versus, you know, saying like, oh, I can't because of like, whatever. I was like, you know, I I have a good job now. I, I can afford it. So like, I'm going to go pay to do it. And also I was like, I'm a director at, my job like I am a part of like leadership which is still a thing that I'm getting used to and if you think the color of my hair determines if I'm a good leader then like one you're a terrible fucking leader and two this is not an environment for me like I I want to lead in a way where I can be expressive and create space up for my team to be expressive where I can show up in the different versions of myself that want to show up today so that my team knows that that is a safe thing for them to do as well And that absolutely applies to becoming elders, right? 
right? Like, you know, I always say, you know, like when people are like, get a seat at the table, I'm like, yeah. And then like fix a plate for someone else. Mm. Like, yes, like we are, we are all fighting our fights, right? Standing on the shoulders of giants to get our seats at the table. But none of this matters if we're not creating space for someone else to not have to fight as hard and to be able to carry the baton even farther because they're not as exhausted as we are. I would even say, you know, get them a plate or make the kids table and start that and then work with the youths because really right, or right, right. Youth organize the youth sparkle. Fingers. Someone's got to do it again. Your girl's tired. Like yeah. <laughs> I am happy to sit down and let's yeah I'll be like now I can share my wisdom with you youths and yes you, you know go and help continue I'm passing the torch and I'm here for support and uh let's stir some shit up <laughs> absolutely which brings me to my final question what or who makes you feel beautiful let's see I will say how my tattoos on my body make me feel beautiful. I recently learned this. I have a new chest piece and I've always been kind of just, I never really liked my own cleavage and I have like, I don't know, I'm fine with my body, whatever, but I'm like, this is a blank canvas. It needs something. Hell yeah. So that once that happened, I was like, Ooh, now give me all the low cut tops because like, look at this beautiful piece of art, even though yes, my body is a piece of art, but like even better i'm um, adding to it exactly we're embellishing we're adorning we're decorating the mona lisa has like 18 years of like painted oil paint layers on it okay that right, was not right in a year it took like 18 years from what i remember the yeah. best art has layers exactly exactly so definitely that i think in terms of who <laughs> my preschool like preschool babies yeah like, they have really brutal. Like they'll tell you the truth. They will. I mean, middle schoolers. I, I should go back. <laughs> question my beauty because they're jerks. <laughs> I loved them, but dang, were they jerks? And some people will ask, me, "How do you teach like preschoolers?" I'm like, I taught middle schoolers. They made me cry. Preschoolers, yeah, right? I didn't do anything. <laughs> schoolers made me cry. Like the feels, not like, oh, that hurt my feelings. These kids just. <laughs> so the kids when they're like, "Teacher Kate," like. I have this one kid, Ben, or I don't know if I should say, I have a kid that we can uh, name yeah, yeah. one of the kiddos. And he will always like, I hear him from down the, the outside as he's like entering the parking lot. And like just Aww. that voice and his bright, shining energy as he walks in and he'll be like, Oh, that's so beautiful. Like he just says that all the time. And like, that makes me feel beautiful when the kids are like, Ooh, look at that. You know, they like my tattoos. Not that people don't. Oh, yeah. Very curious about it. Yeah. The little ones just helping me find beauty in things too. Like the sprinklers went off at the park once and one kid, he asked, why is the grass wet? And I said, oh, I think the sprinklers went off. And he goes, oh, you mean the sparkles of water? It's like, yes, the sparkles, the sparkles of, of water. That's what we will be calling sprinkle, sprinklers from now on. Sparkles of Absolutely. water. Absolutely. Absolutely. You uh, nailed it, kid. Yeah. Like these kids help me see beauty in everything, which has just been really transformative and wonderful. And they make me feel beautiful. And like, they have cool parents who are like, yeah, you can like dye your hair with some child safe, you know, hair dye stuff. And sure, wear two different color shoes and wear like weird, pick your own outfits. And I'm like, these kids get to do it. I get to do it because I'm the preschool teacher. And I feel like that has actually, the role has made me feel more confident and 
dressing in funky ways because I have this like, it's okay, I'm a preschool teacher. Not that anyone needs validation, but I feel like I just will be like, yeah, oh, this this makes sense, you know? Like it's like I can just cut this conversation down. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. even if I wasn't, I could wear whatever the heck I want. But like I mean, yes. that explains they'll be like, okay, we get it. I explain a lot. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about my kids and education and like art. So you know. Get excited. (laughs) You don't want to talk about that. You can, you can find someone else. Good Um, day. (laughs) Good day person. So the kids and my partner makes me feel beautiful. Definitely. I feel like a lot of people had the same kind of like moment in lockdown where they were, you know, really diving into like, what is my gender? What is my sexuality? What is my neurotype? What is life? What is everything? And there were like several times where I almost shaved my head because I feel like this is like a constant question, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Classic. So like, I don't know. And I was so worried about like, but will you find me beautiful? Like, well, I find myself beautiful and I didn't do it. I've shaved in different sections, but not the whole head, but I still love the idea and I might do it one day. And my partner was just like, do what you want. It's your body. Love you no matter what. Like, and my mom, you know, will be like, well, what does Brett say? What, Brett, what does he say about this? And he'll be like, Kathy, it's her body. She can do, they can do whatever they want with it. Like, I, yeah. I like this person, you know? Yes. And it's nice. It's more than nice. It's wonderful. And I'm very grateful to be in a relationship like that because I've been in other relationships, not like that, that did make me question my beauty because I was, felt like I had to be super feminine all the time, which Again, we love a feminine vibe. Definitely went through a lot of hyper femme phases, but I like going through many different phases. And it's that flexibility. Like whenever people would ask me how I knew that like Michael was my person, uh-huh. I was like, I had never been with someone who one allowed me to just fully show up, no expectations. Uh-huh. And two was willing to like, grow and adapt and be flexible with me and allowed me to do that for them as well right like there was this real like like leaves in the wind right like it was mm. very like flowy flowy yes <laughs> so I just rock back and forth I hear you I get it <laughs> I can feel it um, yes thank you thank you yeah there very much always has been this like very opposite of rigid very quality yeah. yeah to like our relationship and you know, that allowed me to like discover my like sexuality and like embrace the fact that like, I am not like a straight woman. And like, I do fall more on like, like bi and like kind of queer like spectrum. And it's so funny because people, particularly people that I work with are always startled by the fact that my husband is white. And because like, I am very vocal and pro black, sure. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Like that's never been an issue. Like at no, uh, for, I mean, obvious reasons, we would not be together if it had been an issue. Right. But also like, you know, Michael has always given me the space to like fully embrace my passions and like fully embrace the things that matter to me and are meaningful to me. And that has definitely not happened in past relationships and even friendships, right? Like there are some friends where like you are still doing some editing and, and like, that is beautiful. Like to be able to like be in company with someone, whether it's romantically or platonically or whatever the relationship is, with someone that encourages that flexibility and encourages that spaciousness. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that like growth and ev- evolution too, of like, 
we're not little kids that stay little anymore. You know, we grow and evolve. And just as our bodies like grow into adults and then into elders, like whatever you put on it can be whatever the flip it wants. And I have a problem when people are like, oh, they're having like a midlife crisis. So they're dressing like a teenager. I'm like, so freaking what? I don't know if that's as much of a thing anymore because I feel like styles are changing. Sure. You know, but But also I do still think that there's very much still an expectation of like how you are supposed to show up even physically based on like age, right? Like, ooh, like that's really for like younger people or that's, or you're dressing like a grandma. Like there's, there's still a lot of like expectations around that. And to your point, right? It's like, I want to wear whatever the fuck I want to wear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I saw this person, um, I was up in Oregon and this older woman, she was studying. She had this short little like pixie cut with like, it was gray, but had like stripes of orange and purple in it. And she had these brilliant like plaid flared orange pants. And I'm like, this woman or person, I like icon. I want to look like that when I'm older. Like they're so stylish. So I went up and I tapped her and I was like, I just have to tell you, I love your outfit. It's amazing. And she was like, got it at Walmart, got like five different pairs in different colors. Like give me all the info and seeing other people embrace their beauty and their strengths, whether it's aesthetic or just like, I'm really good at naming all sorts of trees, or I'm really good at making something beautiful, or I'm really good at like cooking, like the things that make them beautiful and unique when they express that with joy that makes me feel beautiful because it's like oh and then I can express my joy it's like this permission I don't know if permission is the right word but we're like showing up as our authentic selves that inspire each other to also do that or at least that's how I feel when I see people being super authentic I'm like I I love that like I want to do that too because yeah I'm like what I'm good at yeah I agree it is oh like you can do it I can do it we can do it okay (laughs) you're like breaking the rules a little bit we can can break these rules rules are silly like I mean norms are important but like certain rules depending on who made them we got we gotta agree you gotta make norms right right. we are committing to maybe like more supportive and like regenerative norms and yeah that feels great that are not set in stone I'm not about this yeah yeah it's gotta be fluid, like you say. Nature, the world is trans because everything's always absolutely at every single time and every moment. So yeah, always in transition. Exactly, exactly. Well, those are all of my questions. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been so sweet and lovely. Like, I feel like that good hug we were talking about at the beginning has been like this conversation. Is there anything you'd like to share with folks about how they can learn more about you, follow you, any of that stuff? Yeah. Um, currently I'm mostly just on the gram. Um, I do have a TikTok, but it's hard for my brain. So I don't go on it that much. Um, but my Instagram is non-binary by nature. If you want to follow me there, I post a lot of like child development stuff, play-based learning, different creativity workshops. I do with one of my creative collaborators. We're coming out with a planner for next year that I'm really excited. Yes, about. it is dope. Everyone, please keep an eye out for it. Thank you. It's a uh, astrology infused. It's about, I will say, I have never been able to use a planner like all the way through because I'm like, oh, a different one. Oh, this. Oh, I don't know how to use a planner. And the process of making one for myself has helped me understand my cycles of things better, cycles of creativity, work cycles, and has helped with organization, which is a big growth edge for me. So if that's, if you're like, I don't know planners, that's okay. We also take 
feedback. So that's pretty much my main thing right now, but I do hope to expand, you know, different offerings for workshops and things. And yeah, if you want to follow along with with my art adventures, um, I also am working on different children's books, stories and things that are kind of all over the place at the moment, but hopefully in the next year, we'll be making some progress on getting that stuff out. But yeah, if you love child development and play-based learning and art and nature and flowers, uh, that's mostly what, and rats. That's mostly on my page. Um, we love it. I love getting to see the art creations coming to life and like the cool stuff that you're working on in the classroom. I'm like, hell yeah. If this had been preschool, I would have enjoyed it so much more. Uh- <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm hoping for that we can, you know, there are really amazing teachers out there. And I think a lot of them are kind of stuck in a system that I used to be stuck in and was able to find a new direction for. And so hopefully the movement continues to build and not go backwards or ass upwards or whatever, like (laughs) states are doing. Yeah. Uh, Look, so I'm not here in Texas, so, you know, I get it. (laughs) Well, thank you again for coming on as always. Y'all can find the show at not ugly pod on all the things. And you can find me, your host at Sarita Fanta on all the things. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. That was the end. Go tell a friend to listen to the Not Ugly Pod. Look, I'm still not a rapper.